there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Well, I don't think we're going to have to try very hard to make this an interesting hour. There's a lot on the docket. Season's over. Habs win in overtime. We'll do the deep dive on this playoff run, the end last night, this series in general, and then what happens in the offseason. And there's your $64,000 question. Golden Knights played good last night. They played hard. Fought back a couple of times. Chances at the end of regulation. Two good chances in overtime. Pacioretty and then off the draw. Martinez. Ironically, the story of the series is the last thing we saw. And that was the Canadians coming down in transition with speed. With numbers and putting it in the net. So, tis over. Wonder what everybody's mood is around the Valley. What front office is thinking. And a lot to get into. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Joined by Steve Carp from Simbin.Vegas. Stevie's back in the studio. Buddy, I know you were at work last night and you do your normal revamp thing. Watch the replay and, and take the deep dive. I got no great beef with last night. I think they, they played hard. Hard-fought game, got away from them. The overview for me, I would just say, Caulfield had four goals in the series. The Vegas forwards had four goals in the series. The power play was a train wreck. Those are, you know, they stick out like a sore thumb. And yet, with all that, you know, a bounce one way or the other, and you're forcing a game seven at home in the semifinals. Uh, you know, it, it's hard. To, you can't drop the anvil on them. I mean, it's a semifinal run, but I think you have to step back from it and say, what is the big picture? This is a very good hockey team, but is it a team constructed to win Stanley Cups? I mean, you can contend, but can you win it? And that's the big question today. I, th- I, th- I, think, I think this team could. I mean, if if Fleury doesn't do a Texas two-step, it's a whole different series, isn't it? So, I, you know, like you said, one one bounce of the puck. I think this team could, but the, we come on. There's going to be changes in the offseason. What what they will be, we'll find out. But I think we pretty much know that the, that there's that this team uh, next year is going to look different. Mr. Carp is here from Vegas. I'll let you have at it with an overview. Well. We need to give Montreal a lot of credit, first of all. Yep. They and DeBoer, I tweeted this right after the game, and DeBoer said as much in his presser. They were a very opportunistic team. They took advantage of Vegas' mistakes, capitalized, and that's why they're moving on. They got great goaltending from Carey Price. Their forwards came back, helped out the D, blocked shots. Won battles along the wall. 
whenever there was real imminent danger, more times than not, they were able to handle it. Whereas Vegas's forwards really struggled on the back check and as well as the forecheck to keep Montreal pinned down on its own end. And there's a lot of heroes for the Canadians. And let's remember, they were playing without their coach, Ducharme, tested positive for COVID, and without Evans, who, of course, has been out since the Shifley hit in game one of the uh, second round. So they were playing without two, I think, key pieces, but getting Petrie back was huge for them. The play of Caulfield, Suzuki, their young guys, as well as their veterans, Corey Perry, Stahl. Um, that fourth line was outstanding Tifoli. this whole series. Yeah, I mean, Stevie, they they were getting the contributions from everybody, and it didn't just show up on the score sheet. And obviously the Vegas power play 0 for 15 in the series. Montreal with a great penalty kill. With Byron and Armia and whoever else you want to put out there. I mean, Luke Richardson did a really nice job stepping into the breach for Ducharme, I thought. And everybody was figuring, well, hey, you know, here's a guy who hasn't been head coach in a while. And, you know, DeBoer's pushed every right button to this point. Hey, Luke Richardson more than held his own when it came to matching lines and doing everything. So... The Canadians are worthy Campbell Bowl recipients, and <laughs> That's what we that will probably be the last time that they go near that thing, <laughs> because they will go back to playing in the Eastern Division, in the Eastern Conference, and they could try to win a Prince of Wales trophy a year from now. So here we go. We'll see who they play starting Monday uh, in a few hours, Game 7 in Tampa, and we'll see if my guys can get it done. And if not, then the Lightning will have a chance to defend its title, and uh, they will be heavy favorites to do so. Okay. So there you go. I still insist, you know, last night was fine. I mean, I was okay with large portions. They played well. They played well. They They played hard. And... But that's the way they needed to play throughout the series. The, The big picture, the stubbornness, and they were honestly, I, I swear to you, they did it again a lot last night. I they know. still turned the puck over at the blue line. When really what Montreal had to offer as a main danger was feasting on turnovers. And Vegas, even though they played very well last night, I thought there were long, the many stretches of that game, they were still careless with the puck. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big stories of the overview of why they lost, the stubbornness to not get the puck deep. Vegas was doing good work off the faceoff. I thought they did good work when they got the puck down low. And look at the goals you were scoring. Guys getting to the paint. And again, few and far between. Yeah, I mean, and again, the defense, we were carrying the day offensively. Whether it was Martinez scoring, Petrangelo, who had a really good... He got better as the playoffs went along, you have to admit. And he was their best player in the series for Vegas. And Shea Theodore with that slap pass that Riley Smith put in. So that's what you're talking about. You know, Stevie, for two years now, has been screaming, get somebody to the paint, get somebody in front. Well, Riley Smith got there. He was rewarded. And 
they were trying to get more guys to the front of the net. Yeah, Mark was trying. Tuck was trying. Kolasar, I thought, did okay, considering his role changed from game to game virtually. Here's my question, okay? And given their lack of scoring, this wouldn't have changed it. But if Ryan Reeves is in the lineup, does it change kind of the attitude and maybe the forecheck that carries over to the next line and maybe creates an opportunity? You know what I'm saying? How the fourth line is about continuity Mm -hmm. to get it to the next line and try and have some momentum. Could Reeves' presence playing on the fourth line with Carrier and Nosek, I mean, they, they know each other very well, could that have impacted things to help maybe Stone or Pacioretty on the next shift? It's a question. I, I, Is it a fair question? I know, I'm not. I'm just. I don't know. I don't know how it helps. I, I see what you're saying that, that they carry over in the, yeah. into the next. But shift. remember, this was DeBoer's decision to keep Reeves out. Well, well, let me. I would just throw a bag it instead of the big impact it would have had. Would Reeves have been? significantly better than Kolasar, who I think has been really, you know, he is who he is all year long. But I thought Kolasar's impact really did wane. I I was a little surprised Reeves did not play last game. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it would have made the the difference in the end, but maybe it changes the narrative just a little bit. But Remember, you're tweaking here. You're trying to find something that works. And I'm not saying put Reeves on the line and put him on the power play to change that. But what I'm saying is when you're a coach and you're tweaking your lineup, he never considered even thinking about playing Cody Glass. Obviously, um, Peyton Krebs was not ready to play in a game. He, he may have been able to skate and, Boy, I, that's and work the, out, see, but that's you, a big one there. You're asking me about Reeves. I, I would say to you, we'll never know. I think Krebs maybe was a guy that could have been a spark for the yeah. forward group. Well, and, and we're going to get to this in a few minutes when we talk about what next season's roster could look like, and he's going to be a big part of it. But, yeah, you, you look at all the the whole big picture of this thing. Uh, it's not just one thing that gets you beat in the playoffs. It's a multitude of things. It's easy to point to the power play and say, oh, my God, you know, what was Steve Spot thinking? You know, why was DeBoer so reluctant to kind of overhaul it in midstream? Well, but you can't do that. You have to kind of go with what brought you. I don't know about that. Well, but all right, look, they were 22nd in the whole league during the regular season. It's never on the power been, play. It's it never hasn't been, been good never, all year. It's not been good. And they were horrible in the playoffs. Well, okay, so I mean, listen. So what when, do you do when, then? when you well, wait a minute, when you break it down and at the end, you either win it or you lose at some point, and then you evaluate. So the power play, instead of it being a broken record and it was a disaster, how much of that falls on the coaching staff for not being able to get anything out of it? I mean, a lot. it's one thing for it to be, you know, ordinary. It was horrific. Special teams. How do you not put a forward at the point of the power play? Something. Try something. Well, remember they used to do that when Gallant was coach. It would be Perron. It would be Marcheseau. Do you remember in year one and, and into year two when Vegas was on their power play? 
they would have a forward at the point. Okay? And then with, with Stone, they would have him out there or Pacioretty kind of in that Ovechkin slot, which now Alec Martinez occupies on their power play now. So, yeah, it has been done before. It has had success. You know, unless you sit down with DeBoer over a cup of coffee or a beer and, and be able to really pick his brain, you can't do it in a five-minute Zoom right after the game when he's totally demoralized. Well, if I was going not to, going to tell you. If I'm going to take issue, all right, let's talk coaches right now. First of all, their coach wasn't even there. Talk about the charm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, DeBoer shuffled the lines in game four, four. and it worked that night. They got the win. They got home. Yeah, well, I got the, the game-winning goal. But the two things that stick out like a sore thumb to me when it comes to the coach's impact on the series, one, the power play is a disaster. That's a big one. All right, yes. We don't need to say a hell of a lot more about that. But the other one is, how are they not sitting there identifying very early on in this series that Montreal is standing up at the blue line and there's a way to beat these guys? And he said, I think it's overblown about playing with the lead. Well, that's a bunch of hooey because Montreal's a different team when they play with the lead. And clearly what they did do, they fell behind but tied it, and once they tied it, we talked about patience and don't press for the first goal. Hang around. Try to get the lead. They never got the lead last night. But the approach was much more sound. I just don't understand, specifically the game that is just befuddling to me, is game five. In the first period, they turned it over at the blue line coming in ten times. I don't. I mean, okay, this is over the top. But, I mean, I, I'm to the point at home going, call a timeout. I mean it. It's that important. Yeah. Call a timeout. Get them all over here. And DeBoer stand up on the bench and go, if you don't dump the damn thing in, you're not playing. And I just don't understand how they didn't recognize that would have been a big difference in the series. You don't say- turn the puck over at the blue line. You were saying it throughout from game two all the way through last night. Dump it in. Go get it. Win a foot race. That guy's capable of winning foot races. Absolutely. They chose, they chose not to. That's on the coach. Stone's the power play. And we'll get Special into Stone. Teams are on the, on the coach. Stone, five times last night, turned it over at the blue line coming yeah. in. He turned it he over. a tough series. Well, we're going to get to that. And he, you know, look, he's taking responsibility. We'd like to have seen him in the room after game five and, and say, hey, this is on me after, you know. Well, he said he up. wasn't hurt. Said yeah, he right, got skunked. He got, said he got skunked in the series. Whatever, uh, you know. Okay. But where was that on in Game Five? See, no, you're I, the captain, you should be there. You should be on the Zoom. All right. Yeah, it was great that he showed up last night, and and was accountable. And and look, yeah, he does need to bear some of the responsibility. Not all of it, obviously, because he's not alone in coming up short in this series. All right, March or so. Um. Stevenson was was not much. Pacioretty had the one goal, and that was it. The whole know. the whole forward group. All right, all seven. So we can go, we can go right we can go right on down. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, but no. But I got to tell you this: they came up short, and you can't say he was to blame, but he wasn't a difference maker who who could have won the thing. And last night, there were a few. Yeah, he made a great play on the shot pass. 
But there were a couple of turnovers by Theodore last yeah. night. We're like, my God, he treated the puck like it was radioactive. And I'm just, I'm wondering because I the guy's biggest supporter. I've said from the day they got here, I think he's the best player on the team. Okay, great. You got Stone now and, and Petrangelo over here. That doesn't diminish the upside for Theodore. But offensively, he wasn't lugging the mail. He just was not a difference maker. And he's mm-hmm. capable of de- being a difference maker. What do you think was going on with Theodore? Maybe he was hurt, but we haven't had a chance to ask him. You know, whenever locker room cleanout day is for the Knights, I'm assuming it's tomorrow. Well, McCrimmon's got to be doing the exit interviews on Zoom. He's stuck in Montreal. Well, McPhee could wind up doing it, too. But, yeah, they, they may wait till he's back. I don't know how much longer his quarantine will last. They never showed – I don't think he was at the game. No. And they never showed McPhee. They showed Bergevin a lot. How about that guy? You got to get a better His celebrations George, in the box. Well, George has to get better suits. Was he need like one of those gold ones? With well, the, I don't know, but burglary. the Golden Knights uh, logo. Yeah, yeah, oh no, yeah, there like you Jim go. Like Jim Steiner and Channel I see, I see. And, and, and yeah, and if the hockey thing doesn't work out, he could anger the news. <laughs> He'd be Ron Burgundy. <laughs> be Brian Blessing. You probably wore a few uh, gaudy suits in the day. Couldn't had orange hair. So, no, orange put on a black or- suit. You look like you're a punk. Orange, orange hair. Halloween every orange, night in hey, Buffalo. Orange hair clashes with stuff. <laughs> All right, so All right. the uh, so Reeves, real quick, is at the end of Reeves. He's got one more year. I think they keep him. Who's going to take him off your hands? Oh, I think there'd be teams who would, would like a guy like that. Would Seattle trade Big for power him? forward. Would but, Seattle trade for him? Would they send a third rounder or a fourth? I, I, I think I'm asking. I think there'd be five teams, five, okay. five, six, seven teams around. Like we need to be tougher. You know, teams say that we need to, we need grit. Well, the Rangers are one. Okay, maybe maybe well, uh, tells there'll be a market for Reese. Okay, so the question is, if he's a healthy scratch, a bunch of nights in the semis, and he's, ma- he's making he's making what he's making is at the end of it, unless he takes, you know, Reeves makes one point seven five million. Okay, that's manageable for most teams. Yeah, but that's a they lot of money for absorb. a healthy scratch. Well, he won't be healthy scratch if he leaves Vegas. That's your point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, it's it's certainly possible. I mean, they've got a lot of hard decisions to make on some people. Okay? Not the least of which is the two goaltenders. All right, let's go. That's a, There's the elephant in the room. It is the elephant. All right, you got twelve million, $12 million, dollar million dollars in goalies, and here you didn't utilize it, but then you had to utilize it, or you chose to at the tail end. It almost was a factor, but it wasn't a factor. And at the end of the day, it's the same result that got you beat that happened in the bubble. You couldn't score enough. So twelve million dollars of goalies, you make that. Five or seven million dollars worth of goalies. That's a 25, 30 goal score you're out there finding. Look, it's all easy to say we need this and that. It's the acquisition that's going to be tricky for Vegas because of the cap. Um, they, they've got 
they've got some options, but they have to also figure out what what's their priority. All right, do they resign Martinez, who was making four million? Okay. No. I'm 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 just laying this out for you. Okay. All right. You've got three UFAs. You got Martinez at four. You got Nosek at one point two five. And you got Yanmark at 2.25. They're likely moving on from Yanmark, okay? Yes. All right? Nosek, I think they move on from as well for the simple reason that Peyton Krebs is going to need a spot on this team. See, I don't think, and I'm sure we're going to get to Eichel in a minute and Reinhardt and and whoever else you want to throw into the mix for a center. But listen. Don't you think a healthy Peyton Krebs can help this team going forward next year? And doesn't, assuming he earns his way, earns his keep, doesn't he well have to have a, a spot somewhere on this roster in October? Do I think? Do I think? Yes, I would have loved to have seen if maybe there was something here. Everything I've seen to this point, you say yes, but again, Steve, mm-hmm. these are prospects. Right. And, you know, until you throw them into the deep end of the pool, there's a lot of uncertainty. Right. I say yes. What I have saw from him in the small sample size, yes, I say yes. yes. But the thing is, if you're counting on him, counting on him to be, I mean, I'm just saying the way you're talking, and I'm not saying I'm not putting words in your mouth, and I, I'm kind of along the same line. Can Peyton Krebs get you 20 goals? I don't know. Yeah, that's the point. You don't, I don't know. know. I know Cody Glass isn't giving you 20 goals. Okay. So are you moving off Cody Glass? All right. He's a big one, man. I mean, because, and listen, hindsight's twenty twenty. But, boy, you, you, want, you want to rub salt and vinegar into the wound is... What you paid for Pacioretty was exorbitant, and it included Suzuki. Not only did Suzuki beat you, Montreal's got Suzuki for a decade. So that's hindsight, Stevie. You know, trades are, you know, somebody's going to win them, somebody's going to lose them. But that that's an ouch burger there, man. I mean, because Suzuki looks like he has taken off, and, you know, Pacioretty had a wonderful season, but you needed more from him in the playoffs. Suzuki has taken off. Suzuki and Caulfield for, the, for what, the next 10, 15 years in Montreal, if they can keep him signed there? Ah, it's going to be a duo, boys. How uh, good's the Caulfield kid, by the way? I mean, let's full marks here. This kid absolutely. is. Absolutely. How did Montreal, and you give them credit, but the other thing throughout the course of this entire season, Serious. How did they continually get behind the Vegas defense? So now you're sitting here going, Vegas defense is pretty good all year long. and But they were exposed there a little bit with speed, gap control and stuff like that, maybe stuff that's fixable. But and back on the Martinez thing, I just want to say, I didn't mean to be dismissive. No, you're not signing him. Do you want him? Is he worth keeping? Oh, 
without doubt. But the way Martinez played, he's a UFA. I mean, someone's going to throw this guy five and a half, six million a year. Well, then he's going to have a hard decision to make, right? Well, but that's how much he loves playing. Blah, 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 blah. This is going to come down to the haircut and the no state tax. Or or term. But did he play himself out of here? I mean, because. I don't know. Well, hey. It's a tough call. I mean, play himself out of here in a positive way because there's a market for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you, you look, you've got. Hey, by the way, and I will just say this. Yeah. He's 33 years old, so he's had a nice career. I'm sure he's been well well paid in the hist- history of his careers. Let's see if I can find that. But if he's 33 and he's a UFA, yeah. the guy who he's sitting here with one last payday. Right. Right? That I mean, reminds me of James Neal a little bit. In a different way, obviously. Beating him could you could you see somebody man. throwing him three years, like 15, 16 million bucks? Yes. Yeah. Is Ve- the Rangers can play? Vegas afford to do that? I wouldn't. I don't know. Probably not. I say no. Not right now. Not not when they're they're cap strapped. I mean, if they move Flurry, and they you know they move off a couple of other guys like Riley Smith, who's making five million, it's got a year left. Here, here's their problem, okay? It's not just this year's UFAs. It's the pending UFAs a year from now, okay? Here, let me read you some numbers, all right? We'll start with Flurry, $7 million. Riley Smith, $5 million. McNabb, he'll be a UFA after next season, $2.5 million. Reeves, $1.75 million. Nick Holden. Five hundred seventy-five thousand. There's a bargain, by the way. That's a pretty good bargain. Five seventy-five for a veteran defenseman, who I thought played pretty well, other than, you know, the gaff in Game Five where he kind of became a passenger and fell asleep at the switch, and and Kotkaniemi uh, beat him to the puck. But you've also got this to deal with if you're George and Kelly. What'd you say? You're talking about Holden. Holden, yeah. what, what do you make? Five seventy-five thousand. No, that's what the, that's what the uh, that's what the cap friendly thing said. No, maybe I read it wrong. No, they signed. I mean, he was a, he, he signed a two-year deal. It was like it was like a million. Well, maybe the first year a, mil, was, a million two or something. Well, maybe the second year. Was, yeah, no, I don't know. Holden's making. I mean. Well, you have the computer. Why don't you I'm I'm on cap friendly and I'm looking for defense. Just I see it. It's, it says five seventy five. That, that can't no possibly be right. right. It's not right. It's right. right. Oh, it says something about a buried penalty oh, of one seven. Here you go. Buried penalty one point seven million. Okay. All right. So it's one. So that adds up. That's what I said. One two. Yeah. All right. So there you go. All right. What, are, what, got, the, what the hell's a buried penalty? I'm not sure. I don't know, but they, they'll never kill it off. All right. But in addition to all of this, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You got eleven players, non roster UFAs this year, including Patrick Brown, including Tomas Yurko, including Dylan Sakura, including Jimmy Schultz, and Oscar Dansk. Okay, all in this UFA pot. These are basically the guys who are the Silver Knights. 
All right? You've also got Danny O'Regan and Goulborn and Reed Duke and Gage Quinney and Dahlstrom and, and DeSimone. So you've got all these guys. Remember, you got to field the team in your AHL team next year. So some of these guys got to get paid. Can't let them all walk. So they've got some hard decisions to make in, in the coming weeks. All right, those are dollar decisions. Let, yeah. me, let me ask you about the hard decisions. The core of the group. And I thought they played yeah. very well. I mean, they didn't finish, but Carlson, Marcheseau, and Smith played very well. Smith might be the one who you can move because he's only got one year left at and 5 he, million. Well, he could be a rental at the deadline. Right. That's okay. possible. I'm talking about Carlson and Marcheseau. They got a little longer term. Carlson's forward. making five nine. Yeah. For a boatload of years, Margeso makes five for three years, has right. term. That's what I'm well, saying. So. so, but it comes down to, you know, what Stevie's talking about. Stevie says, I hope they don't swing too big. You know, because listen, here's the here's the thing. You're in the semifinals. It's a good season. Uh, you come up short, and they're a victim of the expectations. But it was there on a platter for you again, mm-hmm. and the goal scoring dried up. Yeah. And it's two years in a row it dried up. Well, so you've got the same core group of guys. Right. I, and I know people love these guys, but listen, Alex Tuck that. can skate like the wind, and he does all this stuff, but a lot of this stuff's on the periphery. I mean, right. this kid's got to get to the paint. Yeah, He's capable of a lot more. But, what? Well, I mean, it. What, do they, what, do they, what do they think of, all right, Smith with the one year is a quandary. But Carlson... Three three guys that have been here. Carlson, Marcheseau, and Tuck. And goal scoring continues to be the rub when you get deep into the playoffs. This is you can't avoid it. It's there. No. Do they shake this up in the core? It depends what's coming back. Well if you, you can't just do it for the sake of doing it. Well that's insane. All right. I'm not, listen. So what do you get? So this is, this is not. You some, want to do Eichel? This is Let's not some sabers. Matt Larkin, Hockey News yesterday said in the day, said Vegas loses tonight. They're all in on Eichel. Like right. He said do that you like believe he that. You're the Sabers guy here. What do you think? I think they're taking calls from anybody. And the, the, you're talking about Buffalo. Well, on Eichel. The, they want to move him. Sure. They want to move Reinhardt. They well, want. To, they want to move Ristolainen. Okay. Well, All right. So on. they are. No, no. But, yeah. but, but here's the thing. You're Buffalo, and here's the here's the thing. Kevin Adams wants to trade him. Hmm. What he has got to make clear and known to the league. I don't have to trade him. Right. Because he has another full year where they still have control of the no move. All right. So. You can't take pennies on the dollar for the guy. No. So what he's got to do, though, Rangers are in, Rangers are out. Blue Jackets are in, Blue Jackets are out. Okay. You get the Kings Ducks. and the Ducks. Right. The Ducks have the pieces of the puzzle to get them. Yes. They've got the third pick of the draft. They've got Zegers, Zegers and Drysdale. Right. All right? Yeah. That is the lightning bolt is Anaheim. Gotcha. Oh, by the way, so that's in your division. Not that you're sitting there losing sleep over Anaheim. Right. But if you're Vegas and you're sitting and say, we need help down the middle, you've got right. two guys that you know are on the market and are getting moved, be it, be it Reinhardt and Eichel. And Eichel's getting all the pub. 
I know you think Reinhardt is an and actually, in terms of what it is we think Vegas needs, Reinhardt. They played him at center at the back end of this year. He can play center. They've used him mostly at wing. But you can bring him here and he can play center. Why not? Yeah. But the one thing with Reinhardt, what this team needs more than anything, and I'm telling what did he score? 25? i got to look it up. He's got 134 goals in 454 games played with Buffalo. So he's averaging like 22, 23. But it's more, I don't know what his power than, play efficiency I, but, is, he, this but is, this is your thing about Reinhardt. Well, you love him going to the front of the net. He lives on the power play in front of the net and is one of the, I mean this, one of the premier players in the league redirecting the puck on tip-ins. Yeah. And he lives in front of the net. Now, okay, so this year, 54 games played, 25 goals, 15 assists, 40 points. All right, he's a 25-goal scorer. Mm-hmm. And that's with the worst team in the league by a mile. Yeah. What, what, what's he putting up here? All right, so you would think comparable, if not better, numbers so, play with better so players. So your point is that maybe Reinhardt makes more sense than Eichel. Might be a better fit for what Vegas is looking for, and they wouldn't have to break the bank to get him. Remember, he's going to be an RFA, all right? So Buffalo can match but they, and yeah. then do a sign-and-trade. Yeah, but, but let me tell you I'm something. I'm just saying. I know. But you're here, asking me how it gets I, done. But, yeah, but the problem, yeah. you're talking about the Golden Knights cap problem. Well, Eichel, listen, Eichel's sitting there. Or Reinhardt's, he wants he'll want seven, seven and a half million. He made five point two this year. Yeah, he should get. He's a been bump. signing one year. He's been signing bridge deals and one year deals. Right. So you he, think he'll get six to seven? I think he gets seven at least. Okay, I don't know if Vegas goes that high. I know, but you gotta pay for you know. Look, look what they paid for Petrangelo, right? And it didn't start paying dividends until the playoffs. I mean, he really did struggle during the regular season. You know, he had COVID and the hand, in, the wrist injury, hand injury, whatever. You know, and, and just the comfort level. It took him, you know, a good five, six months to get comfortable playing in the system. All right? So, but the, but the, but the Knights have to clear some cap space regardless of whatever well, they do. Well, of course. If, so, he, if he comes so in. So let's get back to the goaltenders. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, How do you, I, do you I, unload Flurry? Do you keep them and, and extend them? Do you try to move Leonard? All right? You can't have $12 million in goaltending next year. It's not going to work. You know what? I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Pick one. they got to pick one and decide. Well, you got to ask yourself who's willing to pay the piper for one year of flurry at 7 mil. Pittsburgh. Okay. Pittsburgh is capped out. They can't do it. They'll make it. You, they can do it. It's just no, like, they can't. It's like Vegas can They're fight. A they can get it right You make now. trades. You, they, they they can get I, it. All right, so you dismantle your team to bring in the 37-year-old goalie? I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think Brian Burke and Ronnie Hexall are doing that. All right? Well, so t- who else? I'll, well, here, okay. You, I'll tell you what. Would Chicago think about well, it? Well, here, here. I don't know if Flurry would There's notice. a thousand things you can do, and I'll tell you right now. Would Buffalo do it? I was just going to say. <laughs> I mean, and, and you, you folks can laugh out there all you want. But, I mean, Vegas doesn't have the draft capital that Buffalo would want back. Right. So, what Buffalo would do, if you send Eichel here, I'm clearly you'd be, you need a center to replace him. So, if you were sending Eichel here, 
And you guys, how do we pay him? It's going to be Carlson, Krebs. You could throw Flurry in there. They need a goalie. I know they do. You, if, but would Flurry go? I don't know. All right. Probably but you not. could throw Flurry in there. You might not. I, I'll throw, I'll even, even sweeten it. You wonder to save to sh- shave money? I don't know. You, you've been Eichel and Ristolainen. And then, you know, Theodore goes the other way. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that who, it, it becomes a I, mega deal like that. I don't see it. You're asking me? I'm telling you, I don't see that. I, I do see Vegas definitely tweaking the roster. Maybe one sizable move. I don't know where or how. The Here's only reason, I, wait a minute, the okay. only reason we're saying this stuff is because Vegas can't help themselves. They're always in on the big fish. Okay. Now, maybe that mindset changes. But the one thing we're not talking about, and you say, how can they do it? We can't gloss over this. We've talked about this for the better part of a year. In the next few weeks, teams are having to deal with Seattle. Vegas does not have to deal with Seattle. Correct. Vegas can sit there and pick meat off the bone and say they can get, you know, a 25 or a 30-goal scorer or get someone off a roster at a bargain price because a team is going to lose a quality guy and they go, let's get something for him, and Vegas is going to be able to strike some bargoons because they do not have their Bill Foley ain't getting no check from Seattle. Right. But Vegas gets the chance to help teams put salve on the wound of players they're going to lose to Seattle. Yeah. And Vegas is the one team has the wherewithal and the opportunity to reap some rewards from the problems other teams are about to face with Seattle. That's all well and good. In the end, though, they are still up against the cap. All right, and they are going to have to move some pieces yes. in order to improve the team. So the question is, I don't you, know how you, you got Stevie's train of thought. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not. I, 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 you know, I'm not saying Stevie's right or wrong. Stevie is. I, I just think, you know. This is a lovable lot, right? It's an expansion team, and these guys were here. And, you know, the pain of moving guys out you care about. You can't fall in love with these guys because it's a business. They didn't. They let Perron walk. They let Neil walk. They let Belmar walk talk, in the first year. I'm talking about the fans. I'm not talking about management. I'm just not, okay. The if you make hockey trades, I'm all in. But, 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 yeah, George but, McPhee does. But, I know, but I'm Stevie's sitting here going... And he's not alone, and he's not necessarily wrong. Because you're in the semis or you're contending every year. The problem is the window was wide open, and now with each passing year, it creeps closed. You know, it comes down. But here's the thing. You can't stand here and say they're good enough to win the cup the way they're currently constructed. I agree. They're good. They can. You can put them on a short list of contenders, and you can. Right. You know they made it to the semi, Steve. They needed seven games to beat Minnesota. Okay, you beat Colorado, who I think in where in a lot of ways beat themselves with a flawed strategy. Well, and they didn't have Cadre either, which. And, but which but you're gonna have to deal with Colorado. Right. For the next five years, so. 
as of today, you're not good enough to win it. And the other true contenders are going to get significantly better. And you you want to go to battle with the same thing again? I, I mean, I it makes no sense to me. It's not. Here, they're not, they're not going to stand pat. What are you, crazy? I didn't they're say not. that. Stevie says he doesn't want the swing he wants to tinker. He <laughs> thinks, I mean, basically is what you said. Well, wait a minute. Here, you, here, what hey, so here's what the, Stevie here's, say? Here's the deal. Look at Toronto. Vegas is becoming really close to being Toronto. What's it got him? The team that just beat you, Montreal, besides the goaltender, here are their three highest paid players. Gallagher, uh, Petrie, and Weber. Uh, $6 million, $6.5 million, $7.5 million. That's it. That's the way to construct the team, boys. Don't just go out and sign the biggest, the highest nugget okay. guy out there. Okay. That doesn't mean you're putting a team That's together. Fine. That's fine. So don't get the biggest price guy. But the question remains, Carlson, Marchessault, Smith, the core group that he's got, are they, as a group, is it good enough? So you can go out and get different guys for the same money. They're all making around five, Steve. Yep, that's fine. That's go, the go, point. Go get a Josh Anderson. Okay. I, th- this this team needs to get physical. You talked about those guys getting behind the defense. You know why that happened? And Mike Lewis said this before this series started. The Knights needed to be physical with this team and wear them down. And then the guys don't get behind you in game six and seven. If you watched that game last night, and there was you no this entire series. And then if the game if it happened to be a doubleheader, like if you watch that game and then you flip the channel and then the Lightning Islanders game came on, the Tampa Bay series is five times more physical yeah. than what we saw at Vegas and Montreal. I mean, a, a handful of big crushing checks. And it's like every shift in the other series, the playoffs are a different animal. And, and Montreal... Easy exits out of their defensive zone and easy entry into their offensive yeah, zone. Y- you know why? Because they didn't get the puck deep. Okay, that's part of it, Brian. You're absolutely right. But there, but there also was no hitting. There's nothing to stop. Montreal just walks into the offensive zone because no one stands up at the blue line. Um, this is what they're going to think, and I will tell you, we're going to know soon. Yeah. I mean, we're talking weeks. Absolutely. Could be while we're both back in New York. Who knows? They're going to do something. To what extent? I'm not quite sure. I'm not privy to what. What do you think Bill Foley thinks? I think he's bitterly disappointed today. And I think he's going to want some answers from management and the coaching staff as to why their power play sucked. Why they couldn't get their captain going offensively. Why they were changing goalies the way they were. And what have you. I, I think he's going he's gonna to want answers from George Kelly and then DeBoer. Holy hell, the music's playing. I knew this was going to happen. It's unbelievable. You, you need two hours. You need three hours today, really. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Well, I mean, in the offseason. the whole offseason to do it. <laughs> oh, Oh, trust me, the offseason yeah. this year, real interesting. Oh, yeah. All right, you know what I want to do? I want to thank Terrible Herbs, the VGK game day giveaway all year long. Uh, they're sticking with us, and they got all kinds of cool things and new promotions we'll be telling you about. Our friends at John Smith Subs, they have the hat trick special. They got the new deal now. After 6 p.m., every sub, only 5 bucks. the 6-inch subs. Great deal, 9701 West Flamingo. Adam S. Cutner, fun season again where he was giving away 
tickets on the social media, on the power play. And uh, I'm sure he'll be thrilled to do that again next year. Maybe <laughs> should give away a trip to Maui. The trip to Maui. Thank you uh, to them all. UzuCBDPlus.com, Dr. Nick and the gang. Um, you can use the promo code BLESSING, 10% off your first order, free shipping on orders of $100 or more. I want to thank them all for being part of a fun hockey season. But believe me, this goes on and on because there's a lot going to be happening with this team. Thanks to Chuck Esposito, our friends at Sunset Station. And don't forget the STN mobile app. Stevie, it was a fun season, buddy boy, but we got a lot to talk about. I mean, next week's going to be nutty. Oh, it ain't stopping. The, the offseason will be just as interesting as the playoff run. And Steve, writing for Simbin.Vegas, want to thank you for being with us so much during the season. And we'll always call in. And good luck to your Islanders tonight, thank my you. friend. I, I just want to see a good effort out of them. And I just really quick. My sin bin is done for the year. Okay. So I just want to thank all the readers sure. and Ken and Jason for having me aboard. Amen. And Jim Jimerson for sponsoring the column. Wonderful. And uh, and we Ken and Jason are good, great friends of the program as well. TC Ballpark, the boys are in the on-deck circle. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll get the archives up for you on sportsbookradio.com. Stevie, thank you, my friend. Uh, thanks for a great season. And we'll be back talking about it again on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend, pal.